Prodigal, good morning. We're so glad you decided to join us today. I have a couple announcements for us. So first off, if you haven't checked out our Prodigal app, make sure you do so. Head to your app store, search for Prodigal Church. Our app has a ton of different stuff on there from all of our past sermons. It's got our virtual connect card. So if you're newer with us, we would love for you to fill it out. We'll put you in our system. And it also has our events on there. So with a bunch of stuff coming up this spring, make sure you check it out so you don't miss a thing. Next week, we start a new sermon series called The Parables of Jesus. We're gonna be looking at some of the perplexing stories of Jesus we can't wait. I don't know about you guys, but this year is flying by for me and I can't believe it's already almost time for Easter. It's coming up on April 9th. We're so excited. We're gonna have two services, one at 9.30 and one at 11, and we're gonna have our huge Easter egg hunt in between the services. If you guys haven't seen already, we have an Amazon wishlist where you can donate Easter candy to fill up all those eggs for the kids. So head to our app or our website where you can find the wishlist. Our youth have a service project coming up on Saturday, March 25th. They're gonna be helping out with some Saturday sports for kids. If you have a student and they are interested, you can contact Pastor Addison for more details. If you'd like to give to Prodigal, there's a couple ways you can do so. You can head to our app or our website. You can also give in the foyer on your way out of service at the giving kiosks or the giving boxes. Thanks so much for your continued support and generosity. That's it for announcements for me. Thank you so much again for joining us today. Have a great Sunday. We have two kids and we've been parents for about a decade now. And I'm not convinced that I'm getting a lot out of it, okay? Right from the very beginning, the flow of resources has pretty much been just one way, right? Even the delivery process was very difficult, okay? Sarah played a key role in that, but, but I was there. And then when our kids were born, we invested a ton of time and energy and emotion uh, and effort, and the kids just took, took, and took, okay? Housing, food, clothing, entertainment, education, it was all on the house for them. And now that they're just a little bit older, the flow of resources has never really turned a corner, okay? Sure, I get the occasional birthday present or Father's Day card, but if I'm honest, the financial return on my investment has been quite low. I have been married since 2006, and I'm not so sure that I'm getting the bigger piece of that pie either, okay? Sometimes I empty the dishwasher or do a load of laundry just for no reason at all. Sarah doesn't write me a thank you note. She doesn't even text my mom letting her know how fabulous of a husband I am. Now, if I were to really feel this way, if I were really to talk this way about my family, I'm pretty sure that you would tell me that I'm missing the way family life actually works. Family will always frustrate you if you treat it as a consumer who's always trying to get something in return, always trying to get something back from it. No, family is something that you give yourself to. And it is in the giving that the gift comes. The first time your baby smiles at you. Or when you think of that perfect gift that you know that when you give it, the family members, they're gonna cry. Or when you're at a party and you look across the room to the woman that you married and your heart skips a beat. And you tell her that she looks the same as she did when you started dating 22 years ago and you wait for her to say the same thing in return and she doesn't, okay? Because she loves you deeply, but she also loves the truth. And that's part of what you love about her, okay? It is in the giving that the gift comes. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love this passage of scripture. You were made by God to do good works, not accumulate good things. For some of us, this is the only thing that we need to hear today, that you were made by God to do good works, not accumulate good things. Does your schedule reflect that? Does your schedule reflect someone committed to doing good works or someone committed to accumulating good things? In driving by many churches today, um, this, you'll see a sign outside of the church building and it might have the church name and then it'll say, minister so-and-so, okay? Minister. It's not a term that we use around prodigal very often, um, but this is often the language used for churches. Search committees will look to hire a new minister. Well, what would this minister do? Well, he would do the ministry, okay? His job would be to study the Bible, preach the word, visit the shut-ins, pray for the sick, lead the board, arrange the service, shepherd the flock, print the bulletin, recruit volunteers, marry, bury, comfort, counsel, and console, master theology, exegesis, homiletics, leadership, administration, financial management, worship arts, and nursery recruitment. I have seen job descriptions for pastors that Jesus couldn't do, okay? What does everyone else in the church do if the minister's doing that? Well, they would watch the minister do the ministry. That is not the plan of Jesus for his church. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. That is to do ministry so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining in the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Did you catch that? The pastors are not the only ones to do ministry, but they are to equip the people, the saints, to do the ministry. I do not have closer access to God than you. I am not more spiritually gifted than you. I am not more capable of doing works for Jesus than you. We are all the body of Christ and we all have a role to play. You listening to this right now on podcast, you listening to this on the road, watching this from your computer screen or your TV screen, you are a minister. You're a minister. Put it before your name, okay? We all have a role to play. When I was in high school, the church I was a part of um, had owned like an acre of dirt near Mexicali, Mexico. And every spring break, we would pack in 15 passenger vans, set up our tents on this dirt, and then we would serve the wonderful people of Mexico. Okay, they would set up this big canopy and we'd all have lawn chairs and twice a day, we would do a worship service under this canopy, one in the morning, one in the evening. And if you know anything about 90s evangelical youth ministry, you know that the night services are always the most powerful, okay? Lots of tears. We used to call them cry nights. And out of all those cry nights, out of all those services at night in Mexico, I only remember the funny skits that were performed. I don't remember one sermon, not one word. 
I don't remember anything the pastor said. Out of all the spring break Mexico mission trips that I was a part of in those days, there's only one sermon I remember, and it was from a morning sermon. I wasn't caught up in an emotional experience. I was inspired by Jesus sitting on a lawn chair on an acre of dirt. The pastor read the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet found in the Gospel of John chapter 13. He then told the story of two well-respected Christian leaders who were on a missions trip similar to the one that we ourselves were on in that moment. And in the village that they were at, the septic tank had overflowed. And the only way to fix it was for somebody to enter into it and empty it out bucket by bucket. And so in order to serve the people, these two powerful Christian men entered the sewage and emptied out the septic tank one bucket at a time. The pastor telling the story shared how the men were throwing up in the sewage that they were then scooping into their buckets. Okay, you can see why I don't really forget this story. Okay, but under the Mexicali sun, our pastor shared how Jesus serves, how Jesus does the grossest jobs. Jesus is selfless. Jesus is love. And then the pastor washed the feet of one of the students with little wipies. And there was something so powerful about seeing the one of the, the one with the most authority on the trip doing something so small, so gross. It was so powerful and it was so humbling. And it is inspired and encouraged by the Son of God in John chapter 13. It says this, It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave the world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The night of the Passover feast, the disciples had this gathered to eat for this festive meal. And there was an issue that needed to be addressed. Okay? When they came in, there was no servant to wash their feet. And there was just 13 of them. The only people who washed the feet were the lowest of servants. The, the, none of these people would do it. So they sat reclining at the table with dirty, smelly feet. No one rose to do the worst job. Until Jesus got up and showed them what greatness truly was. Jesus Christ, by his example, commands us to get up from the table, wrap the towel around our waist, and wash our neighbor's feet. Our attitudes about service should flow from our hearts 
and spill out into our actions. This service above self. This is the way of Jesus. Check out this video. There was this letter I read. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. If you're not into yoga. If you have half a brain. If you like making love at midnight. In the dunes of the cave. church a cruise ship something that you do on the weekends to for entertainment perhaps maybe a little bit of inspiration or is it a battleship are we in this together to make a difference for the kingdom of God we need you and we believe in this we believe that that serving others is transformative for you I can't tell you how many people have been in our church been in our ministry for over the last 25 years and I've just heard countless faith stories, and almost all of them share a common thread. Something like, well, when I started serving in Sunday school, or when I took that first step of faith, when my faith became real, when I did this, when it was about others and not just me, that's when the transformation happened. Uh, is Prodigal Church a cruise ship? a place of weekly entertainment, good music, some funny stories? Or is Prodigal this eclectic group of liars, dreamers, misfits, saints, and sinners following Jesus to love God, to love others, and to be a force of love on earth as it is in heaven? I believe that we are moving with this mission, that we're not just cruising. And I believe that you have a key role to play. I believe that it helps you in your faith. I believe that you serving makes you better. And we need you, you in particular, okay? Your unique gifts, your personhood. We don't need another Brittany. We don't need another John. We don't need another Eric. We need you, your unique perspective, your unique background, your vantage point, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, you. The ancient mystic Zerusa said, when I die, God is not going to say, why weren't you more like Moses? He'll say, why were you not more like Zerusa? Be you. And we want you, your gifts, your abilities, uh, your thoughts. You have a place. Even the smallest thing that you can contribute will be of immense value to your family and to God. There was a church in San Diego that shared about how uh, whatever gifts you have, God wants to use them in the church. And so 
uh, they said, sign up and, and then and we'll find a place for you. And so this one woman goes up to the hospitality booth. She says, I want to sign up. And my gift is I make dolls. And the person's like, awesome, awesome. Well, we can find maybe a way to help you use your gift for God. And so she made dolls. And as she did that, as they worked through what they could do, uh, they decided that, that they could put these dolls with a little note that says, God loves you, inside of every police car in San Diego. So that when there is a domestic disturbance, dispute, or call, and there are children in the place, that they would be able to give them a doll and it says, God loves you. What a beautiful, unique gift. What's your unique gift? Whatever your ability, there's room for you at Prodigal Church. You bear the image of God no matter what you look like, okay? You play the banjo, use some of those bluegrass skills for the kingdom of God. Do you play the bagpipes? The bagpipes, did you grow up in Glasgow, Scotland, and did you play the bagpipes wearing a kilt? We want you to play the bagpipes on Sunday mornings, okay? Do you play the accordion, okay? Okay, leave it at home, okay? We don't want you to serve, okay? Whatever your skills, or if you have no skills, okay? You can help with lights, slides, okay? Nursery, elementary school kids, student ministries, greeting people, hospitality, set up, tear down, we need you. We need you to use your time, your talents, your treasures, if we are to be all who God has called us to be as a church. Would you consider volunteering at Prodigal Church? Uh, it's easy to do so, and it's not a big commitment, okay? Just check out the volunteer form on our app or our website. Pause the sermon now. Go to that app, open that app, open up that website, click the volunteer, and then uh, fill it out. What are some of your interests? What are some of the, your gifts? What are some of your abilities? Fill it out. We'll get back to you. We'd love to connect you in a greater way to our church, and I really do believe this will be transformative for you. It's not a big commitment. It varies uh, uh, according to whatever you serve at and what capacity you serve, but your little talents, your little time, your little gifts make a big difference. It makes a big difference for eternity. There's a story of a wise and kind king who had one narrow road leading into the city, and he wanted to see if there was anyone in the kingdom who was as he was as kind as he was. So he had his men put a rather large and heavy stone in the middle of the road to block it. Then he hid in the bushes so he could see people's reactions to the unexpected roadblock. All day long, people passed back and forth, but nobody bothered to move it. They would just go around it, all the while cursing the king for allowing the stone to be there in the first place. Finally, later in the day, an old and poor farmer came by he was on his way to the market to sell his vegetables. And when he got to the stone, he laid down his load and began to move it. And it took all of his strength a good amount of time, but eventually he moved it to the side so that others can get through the road unobstructed. He was very tired. So then he sat on the stone to rest and to catch his breath. And as he sat there, he saw a purse had been put underneath the stone. He picked it up and opened it to see who it belonged to, but he found that it was with 50 pieces of silver and a small note that said that the money belonged to anyone who was kind enough to move the stone 
so that others had a clear road. Because the farmer did what he knew he should do, without griping, without muttering, he was handsomely rewarded by the king. Now, there is a reward in doing something for the benefit of others, but it's not treasure, it's not gifts, it's not recognition, but a life of love, an example of sacrifice, of placing others as of greater importance than oneself. You are modeling the greatest command to love God and to love people. And you are modeling the heartbeat and the vision of prodigal church. Jesus said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This week and beyond, would you consider doing the worst job? Would you consider serving the least of these? Service above self, not doing what is selfish, but doing what is selfless. And in so doing, you're making a difference and you're becoming more and more like Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your grace, love, mercy, and your call for us to live a life of service above self. Lord, we thank you for your love and grace that you extend towards us. May we extend it to others in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you so much for joining us at prodigalchurchfresno.com. We're so thankful for you, so thankful for your generosity, so thankful for, for what all that God did last week at our auction, okay? We raised almost $25,000 to make a difference here in our city and in southeastern Africa. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for bidding. Thank you so much for donating. Uh, it was just an incredibly fun event that will make a difference for eternity. Thank you so much. Next week, we begin a brand new sermon series, Exploring the Parables of Jesus, okay? Exploring the confounding and confusing stories of the greatest teacher ever. We hope to see you next week. Grace and peace in Ukraine.